This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band is dealing with the aftermath of the hunt. Morgan is unconscious and Eli was forced to reach out to the mysterious Lizzo Lizardman to find shelter, while Valentine and Atticus discovered the King's addiction and were forced to adjust their plans when they couldn't return home. But will their new party planner be able to turn their situation around? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From the records at Chaswick's boarding house. Oh, I'm sorry, it would seem we actually don't have a room. Someone just booked in? That's so strange. We've received no telegrams or servants here today. How did this just appear on our computer? Oh, it's all paid for. Guess we will expect this Captain Varn shortly. Eli and Morgan, you roll up to Franny Chaswick's, a very <laughs> lovely little like B&B style uh, house that has been converted into uh, rooming houses. Uh, it's got a, we've been dealing a lot with kind of the, the big mansions sort of out in the country. This is very much an in-town, nice little sort of cottage with a, a wrought iron fence, but it's not a massive grounds. It's just kind of... Uh, a house that has a, a yard surrounding it. Um, they have um, some beautiful flowers that have clearly been very carefully placed for the summer season, spring and summer seasons, woven throughout the the wrought iron. As with most of the buildings, you can see the roof doesn't quite match the rest of the exterior because it's so heavily rainproofed, uh, which is very mm. true of a lot of the roofs you've seen. Um, however, the it, it gives it a, a slightly oversized look in order to create enough of an overhang to protect the extraordinarily picturesque building beneath it. So this is proper little English cottage style space. 
Um, very quaint, very beautiful, probably absolutely reprehensible to Eli as a, a waste of, of space and adornment, but uh, still a, a welcome respite. Uh, you're greeted by uh, someone standing outside. You can see they're holding an umbrella, which is closed, and it's clear that they kind of forgot that it's not a normal day where there's just constant nonstop rain. Uh, and by a force of habit, they grab it going out the door. They're wearing a, a little vest that has a uh, Franny Chaswick's logo on it, uh, hand embroidered. The vest has uh, frills at the bottom. Um, they're standing there in, in just kind of politely at attention, umbrella in one hand, tray in the other with two cups of tea and a teapot on it. You're not sure how long they've been standing there, but they are they are ready for your arrival. Um, and uh, think just sort of a, a gaunt, gaunt features, sort of a, a long, sharp nose, and almost avian eyes, just like a little too small and a little too close to the nose, uh, but a very welcoming smile as uh, you approach in your, your Medicaid carriage. Uh, at the sight of Morgan being rolled out, there is a, a slight cock of an eyebrow, and uh, the, the desk attendant says, Oh, oh dear, um, I, I, I wasn't informed that we required any uh, additional medical attention. I, I, I would ask the servants to quickly rearrange your room, but I am terribly sorry. It seems you may have to wait one or two moments. And she bows very low without messing with the tea set. Like, manages to bow, umbrella out in one hand, holding heavy tea set in the other, and bows almost forehead to the ground. All right, Eli's going to play along... Uh, give like an aloof roll of the eyes and be and just say, make it quick. Oh, of course, of course, sir. We will make it as quick as, as possible. Just two shakes of an Erlex tail it will be. In the meantime, please enjoy a, a cup of our finest. This is the, the Cheswick blend. We're rather famous for it around these parts. It's, it's a rather warm... You got any food? And like... She she looks aghast. Just oh, normally with our greeting tea service we don't, but I could certainly whip up some cucumber sandwiches for you if you just oh dear and like turns and and sort of says um please uh, right this way uh, and just like scurries and this is like one of she's one of those people who who doesn't take full steps. It's just every step yeah. is kind of a half step, so the foot doesn't fully get in front of the foot. So just scurry steps back up the stairs and disappears in, and you can hear her shouting in as much as her kind of like little ghost of a voice can to all the servants to quickly re-prepare the room and uh, to make some sammies. <laughs> so the guards kind of take up post outside and uh, the medical staff wheel you in. Um, Morgan, I'd say at this point, you're starting to come to a little mm -hmm. bit. You, you've been heavily medicated. Uh, you can give yourself uh, one wound. <gasps> a bad... <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> and you can recover two strain. <laughs> but like tired strain, not social strain. You're still a pariah. Yeah, it's fine. This is the, two more won't get me to my max. Two more will get me to four. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Jesus. So <laughs> you're wheeled in um, and you and Eli are kind of taken to a room that has been sort of hastily set up now on the ground floor since you're on a, a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it is quaint as shit in there. It is a proper little bed and breakfast that's really going for five stars. Everything there's doilies, doilies as far as the eye can see. It's just doilies all the way down. There are a number of knickknacks and uh, tchotchkes 
too many porcelain cats to count. Um, a lot of sort of creeping vines and potted plants. Is there like a chest in here? Like yep. some sort of like, okay, Eli would like to take all of the knickknacks and doilies and just put them away. <laughs> okay. Because he, he, well, what he wants is to be able to monitor any changes that happen in this room and just make it as distraction-free as possible so that he can actually see if anything changes, if people are coming in and out without them knowing, that kind of thing. Great. Okay, fantastic. So, yeah, you just start piling shit into... It's one of those big sort of uh, sailor's chests that sits at the end of a bed. Uh, inside were a couple of extra blankets, so you toss those out and just start dumping shit in. Porcelain cats are shattering, yep. but it, it doesn't matter. So piling stuff in as quickly as possible. And uh, Morgan, the medical staff move you to the bed. They hook you up with a couple of kind of automatic drip machines to just kind mm-hmm. of continue to, to feed you things. And basically the, the, the sort of nurse on hand says, I've been told to come back and check on you in a few hours, but I understand that you two probably want a little bit of privacy to discuss matters. Uh, but if you have any trouble, you push that big button and one of us will, will come, will be just in the other room and he just like narrows his eyes and he's like having tea thank you hey, don't talk that's that's bad for your health all right um and he, he nods nods to eli eli um, nods back mm. and then just like he kind of quickly looks around and then just takes one of the cats and flicks it into the the trunk where it shatters and a little, little smile grows on his face and he says it's turned out to be an all right day. Uh, and then he he leaves, closing the door behind you. Uh, you know, like, you like just a quick look out the window. You can see that the Royal Guard are, like, patrolling outside. Not just standing guard, but actively patrolling outside oh. the window. So there's really no... You can, like, close the blinds, but there's really no way in or out of this place. Okay. Uh, and you can hear the the shuffle of footsteps outside as as a guard takes up a post outside the room. Um, is that happening, like, throughout because of the increased security? This is or happening is that to like everyone they followed who's in, us. This was this is everyone who's involved in the hunt is now oh, okay. under suspicion gotcha. for the assassinations. So there sense. are just um people people keeping an eye on and everyone. Unfortunately, because of the nature of the society and how strict Fitzgerald has managed to keep a, a handle on the society for so long, there aren't like central detention facilities or anything. They just really aren't actually equipped. So it's one of those weird mm. things where the only way they can kind of keep an eye on people is to let them go home which right. is incredibly inefficient but they just don't have this is you get the sense that this is all as ryan kind of indicated last session as valentine like this is getting out of hand and they are incredibly ill prepared for anything mm. like this there isn't a playbook for this so they are improvising and improvising badly eli likes that no, fair enough <laughs> Uh, so to make mistakes morgan you come to uh and i don't know if there's anything eli and morgan you want to discuss from now that you're you're conscious again but let me know and then we'll switch over to uh valentine and atticus eli would be sweeping the place just seeing the all the likely places for bugs anything if uh oh anything would be monitoring them like video wise like is he stuck to like writing shit down and showing it to her that kind of thing so there is likely video monitoring of the door. So yeah. it's like a, a kind of a top corner of, of the room uh, monitoring piece. Um, you get the sense, Eli, from the amount of security you've seen 
that if you were to disable it or cover it, someone would just come in and yeah. fix it. There, This isn't a, no, no, no. It's very clearly being actively monitored. That said, because this is a space meant for visiting dignitaries, there isn't, you know, there's no video coverage of the bed or the bathroom or the little kind of sitting area near the bed. So you do mm -hmm. have some spots that are kind of visually out of range. Okay. That said, in terms of the, the listening devices that Atticus and Valentine and you found all over the Van Houten estate, there's certainly evidence of that here. Yeah, and okay. you were also warned by Lizzo Lizardman that you yeah. would have to have to be careful. So writing things down is safe. And if you want to have a conversation, yeah. we'll just assume you're – if you do want to have a written conversation, just have it as you would speaking. We'll just know that that's the two of you passing notes. But Perfect. Yeah. That would be Morgan's first idea too of just like, <clears throat> uh, Clarence, I wish to write a letter and – I need something to drink. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, all right. Um, do, do we have like a bathroom? Some do. Are there glasses? Oh, yeah. Is this oh, like a standard it's so room? so much porcelain. There's like a big claw foot okay, tub. Okay, yeah. Eli will get her water. Fancy and, knobs on the, uh, the thing. The cups are so fancy and breakable. They feel, in your robot arms, feel like holding, I was going to say like a, glass but it is literally glass it's like holding a <laughs> snowflake like if you just squeeze too much this thing is gonna explode gotcha. it's clearly a hundred years old like that kind of shit i gotcha uh eli will get morgan water um and then we'll we'll write down mm -hmm. on paper Gra grab whatever notepad there is available in the room oh you um, know there's one of those weird hotel yeah. notepads that's Yo, a little yeah. too yeah. small to be useful but also a little too totally. large to put in your pocket yeah uh and just tell morgan it's like Lizardmen arranged this. We can get in touch with them uh, whenever we want. Good. We need to be extra careful. We need to know more information about what was injected into us, whether it has listening devices too. We are on our own. I hate this. <laughs> Morgan's gonna take the piece of paper and fold it up. And hand it to Eli. Eat that. What? What? <sighs> Eli just shakes his head. No, he's going, he's going to go to the sink and just like run it, run the paper underwater so the ink smudges and then tear up the paper. You're no fun at all. <laughs> and then you hear a knock on the door and say, I've got cucumber sandwiches. Enter. She does. And boy, does she have a lot of cucumber sandwiches. Eli, good thing you didn't fill up on secret notes because there's a lot of bread with cucumber to eat. Awesome. Greetings, fellow servants of the Emperor. It is I, Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and I am here to call you to step forward and serve the Emperor as part of his immortal and blessed host. It's a great day for you to join a Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash dumdumdice is the perfect place for you to fund our little forays into saving, let's just say, the Golden Throne and all of humanity. Now, I know the thing that you're wondering is, what's in it for me? Because, and I mean this as pleasantly as possible, you're absolute heretical scum. 
What I'm hoping for all of you is that you can redeem yourselves by receiving ad-free feeds where you are no longer plagued by random temptation, but instead can focus your attention purely on the Emperor. You can gain this ad-free feed for only $5 a month and receive other feeds as well to other alternate realities. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, it's for the Emperor and we'll save your souls. Meanwhile, Atticus and Valentine, uh, you have just met Birno, the rattling entertainer and event planner who Hugh Smiggleton has helpfully hired, the only available event planner, the, the, the best of the remaining event planners uh, to assist you. That said, you do have some other pressing matters to attend to, so you don't need to deal with them immediately other than to greet him in some way, shape, or form. And then, Valentine, I believe you have some clandestine shit you want to get to. So what do you what do you do in the face of of this small rattling who is very enthusiastically ready to plan your party? Yeah, I would say in answer to the question he asked last, uh, when do we start? Um, Atticus will just say, right now. Grin, you didn't think you could get wider? It gets wider. He says, well, that's fantastic, my lord. That's fantastic. Look, I'm very excited to help you however I can. I'm known for entertaining. I'm known for putting on parties. So whatever you need. Bear knows your man. All right? Gives you Very good. Uh, you can begin to coordinate with Hugh Smiggleton here. Anything else that requires uh, a more authoritative uh, permissions or anything like that, you can reach my man Rebute here. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'll start getting some food and drink all prepared for you. I understand this place is a bit of a... A little bit of a glum dump since uh, the lady of the house died. So we're going to see if we can punch that up a little bit, make it a little fancier for you. But I do have one question for you. Uh, we need a theme. We need a vision. And I want to make sure I'm executing on that for you fine folks. So what kind of party are you looking to have here? I understand you're doing some kind of maze situation at your previous place. No time for that here. We're going to need something. Something that, wow. Something that says fall, not fall the house of ball and song. That's kind of a bummer. But something that says this is the fall season. I am some guy from space. I fought in some wars and I'm here to win a duke. So what are you thinking? Well, let's uh, settle on uh, revival, rebirth, coming back to House Van Houten and raising it back up to its appropriate prestige. Throws his hands up in the air, walks around in a circle just as though he's welcoming rain. Says, that's fantastic, fantastic. Lots we can do with that. Interesting dichotomy, you know, fall being a time of endings. But you're talking revivals, you're saying, fuck you, the seasons, we got our own thing going on. Well, that seems pretty good to me. All right, I'll get working on that right quick. And uh, Rebute there, I'm going to be asking you for all sorts of stuff. So hope you're ready for it there, chum. And he punches you in the arm. Just jump up to do it, but he does. Excellent. I will also have a few specific requests for you uh, of how we shall move forward. Of course, of course. Always happy working shoulder to shoulder with the local serving staff. All right, that's great. Hey, uh, is there somewhere uh, Rattling could, you know, wet his whistle around here? I do my best thinking when I'm drinking. We'll send someone out to you. Begin your work with you. Uh, begin your hiring processes, and then we can see that libations are sent your way. Sounds good, my man. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet your acquaintances. I can't wait to throw a party this world will never forget with both of you fine people. All right. Hey, Hugh, let's go chat. And Hugh just shoots a withering glance at Troseus, who is not looking at him, and uh, sort of like throws his nose up in the air and then walks away with... 
Birno, as the two of them begin to kind of take a look at the grounds and, and you know, like you can see that Birno is doing a lot of pointing and, you know, large hand gestures about possible things. And she was just very politely clerking behind him. Drosea steps forward, just says, uh, my lord, I'm uh, very sorry about all that. I do think the rattling will be helpful for this uh, celestial seasons we are dealing with. But uh, I suspect you perhaps have other things on your mind. As do I, including a certain package I was not able to bring from the previous house. So perhaps we should step inside and we can discuss further. Agreed. Follow me, please. Uh, And Rabute will gesture everyone inside in a way that makes it very clear that his lord is leading. And once they are inside and out of the eyes of any servants, he will lead everyone downstairs to that room where we found a space marine that we know definitely isn't bugged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's been a day. So say, what were you saying? What, What did you manage to bring out and what didn't you? Well, I was able to stick a... Oh, you didn't spend a story point, so he wasn't. Uh, my lord, I'm afraid they came for us rather quickly. I was able to bring the documents you wanted, uh, but the special package that you sent me remains in their hands. The security forces will have it by now. Uh, they did not shoot me on sight, so presumably they have some sense of what it is. Uh, they are perhaps not surprised that it is here, uh, but beyond that... Uh, all of the documentation of the investigation I have been tracking digitally as well as in uh, hard copies. So we have uh, both available to you, sir. Excellent. That's all I require of you at this time. If you want to make yourself comfortable, find a place to stay. Uh, the additional task that I'm going to pose to you is, if you could do your best, we'll try to find a local to do this as well. I need you to appraise the value of this estate and the value of the items in each room, perhaps on the main floor and second floor, where we can allow tours. I need this number to be impressive, so determine whatever we need to do in terms of lighting, things to make this place look more valuable, uh, to make sure it is as extremely well appraised as possible. We'll be making a bit of a game of this, uh, but I believe it will be key to our next steps. He nods and says, uh, very good, so I will get uh, Monsieur Smiggleton to assist me in that. He seems like he would know immediately the price of everything. He will not shut up about it, so perhaps he would be the most useful for this. Perfect, thank you. He just nods, and then as, as he goes out, he actually like pauses next to you, Atticus, and he says, I am very glad, my lord, that we are uh, doing this in the name of the Emperor. I fucking hate this planet. Oh, I hear you. Mm. Mind your role and stick to the charade. I am, sir. It is just very a lot. Um, and he nods to you and just heads out to do do more work. <laughs> just okay. going to find something to keep his brain awake and uh, and carry on his work. So uh, Atticus and Valentine, you find yourselves alone in the, the tomb of the known space marine. Um, there's still a blood smear in that small I guess you, you I think you moved the bookshelves back in front of it, but you've got kind of this whole forgotten a wine cellar situation. Mm-hmm. And as we established previously, the Bonsong Manor service staff are aware of your presence and are on side. So clearly no one no one has come or gone down here and it, it remains kind of a secret spot for you guys. Okay. Well, it appears many of our hands have been played for us in this game that we're closing in on the end. Uh, we have no additional weapons those have been lost we have no chaos space marine body that has been lost we have no ability to move around that has been lost and we have no assets outside of yourself and myself and our covers 
everything else has been lost. This may sound like a tremendous tragedy. At the same time, it does force us to play the cards we have in the cleverest way possible. What are your thoughts at this time? Well, my thoughts were, we're just going to have to play the game as fairly and as straight as possible now, uh, which, now that I've come to know the other nobles, actually still puts us at a bit of a disadvantage, but with everyone watching us and we're in a the balancing manner and we've got to plan a bloody party. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, does Atticus know what a rattling is? I'm just thinking about... Yeah. He's infantry. Possible. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Rattlings are a much more accepted part of Imperial society than, okay. say, Beastmen. So okay. it's possible you would have encountered one or two. But Ryan, I mean, you probably have a better... Rattlings and Ogrins have both been seconded to certain guard units. They're both within the acceptable parameters. They're known as okay. abhumans, so they technically don't count as mutants. They're just off-human norm enough that the Imperium's like, nah, legal. Okay. Uh, they are good snipers and infiltrators, if you had okay. seen them in any units. Um, odds are it wouldn't have been on anything homegrown, because I don't think we've heard of any of that from the specific planet, but knowing it was a yeah. bit of a meat grinder, regiments were getting brought in. You might have seen squads of, like, Hobbit snipers, essentially. They're little snipers. Okay. They're scouts. Uh, clever, sneaky. Uh, Got it. Not beloved. Abhumans are looked down on. Uh, not executed on sight, but still treated like shit. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually glad that little runt showed up. Takes just one more thing off our plate to, you know, do the real work. Agreed. There's only so much organization that we can do, and I'd rather the administrative parts of this party are handed off to someone else. I'm thinking, if possible, if we receive our trophies back, we could release them into the maze and allow the king to hunt them at the party. He does seem rather excited about hunting in general, and if he was robbed there and they're giving us people who can be killed, that's an option. Otherwise, we could release servants and give him a paintball gun. That's always an option for entertainment. Mm. Otherwise, we make it a bit of a circus. But here is my belief for this overall party. If we were to play things totally straight, we've been impressive, but haven't been able to make a big enough offer. I want to appraise this whole property, everything that's owned, and we'll make a bit of a game out of it. We'll let people go through and guess the value of different rooms, the value of the estate, all of these things to confirm that the number is accurate. Uh, prizes will include Victrix, your winning horse, and your winning spaceship, so that there's a reason for people to play the game. But what we want to do is establish the tremendous value of this property, because... You are the executor of the will, the estate of the Balancong Manor. There is no one it has specifically been given to, which means it's now going to be yours. And at the end of the party, when we have confirmed the tremendous value of this property and how it would be game-changing for anyone, we can announce that it'll be your dowry. When you become married, <laughs> it will be gifted to whoever should so marry you, which would allow the king and Duke Wickstrop to become the most tremendous superpower on this planet, along with an obscene amount of wealth being handed directly over to the king in exchange for the duke's hand. I believe it's the cleverest way we can use the pieces that we have left and still come out on top. Well, he's more uh, constructive and uh, complex than what I had planned. A uh, little embarrassed now to say, but I thought we could blow, blow up the house, you know, a big <laughs> sort of flashy demolition with a bit of music and that would be kind of the spectacle but a, a dowry that's a, a a present you give someone when they marry you hey 
Yes, it's almost a price that is paid to traditionally in uh, more medieval Terran society. It was for the the bride. There would be a price given to the father of the bride as a, a purchase of chattel. In this case, you are a tremendously profitable chattel, so we want to be able to exchange that over in exchange for your marriage. A gift right. given for a gift received. Right, well, I, I think that's better than what I wanted to do. Uh <laughs> To be yeah, honest, I, I my like first thought was also just allowing the nobles to go through and smash up the place. So it wasn't entirely <laughs> foreign to either of us, but I realised this could be an advantage for us, both financially and politically. Right, so uh, about the uh, having those assassins, assuming the two of them survived the questioning, run around the maze out back, we'll have to uh, get in touch with the king real quick then. He, uh, he mentioned that he'd be executing them. So yes, we need to put our is... pitch in for how they're executed, you know, make it a bit of sport for them. That is a very good idea. Uh, I do need to send another message to the castle about Forrest Pollard, who requested us to look into the conspiracy that has been going on. I believe we've reached the point where I need to give over all of our reports and evidence that we have collected. Uh, knowing these conspiracies are in play and that some of them have undoubtedly begun to realise that we are as well, I want to get out ahead of any twists that could be put upon us by handing over everything. At this point, we need to sink into these identities we are wearing so completely that there are no other questions. We've been betrayed. I'm also forced, due to whether it's uh, foolishness, a mistake, a failure, or outright betrayal, we are cutting ties with Captain Rawls, Vaughn, and Clarence completely. I've reported them for the theft of the carriage. I will be reporting them for other thefts and betrayals on an ongoing basis. Right. As uh, far as we're concerned, they're no longer part of this Inquisition as well? At this point, we don't know. Which means no. Our goal is the mission, and the only way you and I will be able to carry out that goal is for you to become the chosen partner of this duke. After what? that, we'll see where they stand, we'll see what happens, but anything between us and that goal has to be removed, and if that requires us to remove Captain Rawls Vaughn and or Clarence, we will do so. My hope is just a political separation, and perhaps if I can convince them to jail them, it would simplify the situation for us without requiring more decisive action. We have to do what we would do if we were these people and had been betrayed by those people they are pretending to be. I'm aware this is overly complicated. Everything's overly complicated. It's the Inquisition on a fancy noble planet. Ta-da! Yeah, Atticus has like his glasses off and is just massaging the bridge of his nose. Just <laughs> Right, so then if I had been crossed by the rogue trader... Yes. Uh... I would want to know where she is so I can keep track on her to keep her from damaging my reputation anymore. Do we know where they went after the hunt? We do not, but I oh. will put Hugh Smiggleton on it. I feel like he needs a third job, so I'll be passing it on to him <laughs> uh, in hopes that it can also discover where they are and it be noted that we are looking into it. I'll pursue the legal threats uh, and trying to relay the information. So, three tasks coming out of this meeting. Four tasks. Oh, my. All right. So, I need to coordinate with Hugh about finding out where the captain is. I need to coordinate with Hugh and Birino to make sure they understand the idea of this whole place being appraised. I need to message the king to suggest that perhaps he would be interested in hunting our trophies at the party tonight in a maze, and I need to reach out to Forrest Pollard immediately 
to make my report of our findings about the various conspiracies. Is there anything I'm missing? Well, is there anything I should be doing, sir? Uh, (laughs) Would you like me to take any of those tasks on, or am I just lord of this bloody house lounging about? (sighs) This is a question of your cover. It seems like you are the kind of lord who has begun to make direct movements. You're aggressive, you make your own decisions. Organising the event can fall to you. Looking into where those who've betrayed you would fall to you. I don't believe you would look into the legal repercussions of reporting a theft. You seem like more of the uh, fisticuffs at midnight kind of noble. Does that feel accurate? That sounds about right. And I assumed that I would be making the report to Forrest Pollard simply because there's a tremendous amount of information and it might that. be the kind of information you would want to distance yourself from as a lord. Do you believe that is accurate, or would you prefer to present the information to the Space Marine? Uh, no, that all sounds right so far. Excellent. So you are on the party, and you can reach out to the king to perhaps suggest the hunt. I will deal with Forrest Pollard, and Hugh deals with the rest. All right, then. Uh, shall we uh, make it known that the basement is off limits, sir? Or will that just entice people to come down here even more? I'm hoping Forrest Pollard may arrive for the report before the party, in which case I can show him this area and find out if he would prefer it is walled off, uh, torched, whatever it needs to be done. Uh, It will undoubtedly, if we label it as a place where things are not allowed, uh, be a place that everyone wants to go all the time because all these nobles are terrible. Uh, my suggestion would be that we bring food storage and other things down here, if less Forest Pollard objects. We keep the bookcases and other things in place to prevent people from going that way, and we fill this area up with the smelliest, uh, most repellent foods and servants possible, along with some sort of supervisor, perhaps to say it, uh, to come down and make sure that no one goes through the bookshelves. Servants will undoubtedly be spies, but at least servants won't give a shit about books. <coughs> all right. Uh, that all makes sense to me. Uh, I suppose first thing I should do is reach out to the king, make sure he hasn't absolutely annihilated our assassins just yet. Yes, we shall both send our messages. Then you can go about sorting out the party, and I'll go sorting out the Space Marine. Very good, sir. Excellent work. I'm sorry these uh, complications have befallen us. At the same time, there is no one I would rather stand shoulder to shoulder with in the eyes of the Emperor. Oh, well, <coughs> thank you. Thank you, sir. That means a lot. Uh, and uh, 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 the, the, the same, same for me, but about you. Thank you, Colonel. Your service here will not be forgotten by me or by the God Emperor. Just a big, just puffed up chest, just... <sighs> All right, well, off off I go then. Francois Van Outen. Off we both go. And off they go. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at... Uh, Cheswick's boarding house. Uh, Morgan, you've you've come to now. You've obviously passed your messages back and forth with Eli a little bit, but you are feeling well enough to be awake. What's uh what state is Morgan in at this point? Last thing you remember, you were getting gored by an Ehrlich. Mm-hmm. Things have really fallen apart for you, but you're alive, so that's good. That was kind of the goal. And you're kind of dying 
not wish, but intent was to survive in order to ensure that the mission wasn't sacrificed and that Valentine wasn't going to be left out to dry. And yet now you find yourself completely cut off. You've received yeah. no communication since you woke up. Where's Morgan at? Morgan is is torn between her brain trying to spin up a plan of what to do and being in the most pain like and injured she's ever been. And on drugs, which she does not appreciate, and her brain is all swimmy. So it's just like a perfect hellish situation. But really, the fact that Valentine hasn't been in contact and like all of that stuff, that was her plan. Just take this hit on the head of the king is mad at me. And hopefully splitting the party in that way, the ire is split of like, okay, then maybe I can be the bad guy who all of this bad stuff is going to be pointed at. So she's having the same feeling of we're going to play this straight and, and we have to make friends with Liz or Lizardman, hopefully, or friends with someone because we have nothing. So we just have to stay alive. But at this point, it's like all of her skills and ability to do stuff has been taken away by like her bodily autonomy because she's so beat up. And where's Toby? Where's Voidstain? Where like those are big question marks <laughs> that we can't even discuss out loud. But I think for Morgan, it is like it's a one foot in front of the other situation. She doesn't feel like despaired about it because she feels content that it seems like Valentine got the message of like, we are burnt. And I think she's going to just do her best to play it straight of like the same thing. What would, if I am actually this person and this fallout actually happened with uh, Van Houten, the next thing is like, oh, I'll go to Liz Lizardman and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the outs now. So but it is all through like a miasma of drugs and pain and yeah. trying to just hold it together because she's never been this hurt before. Fair enough. As you're dealing with kind of those swimming thoughts and, and trying to pull together enough mental acuity to put together a plan, there's an explosion in the distance that shakes the windows of the, the small cottage that you're both staying in. Uh, Eli, you, of course, rush to the window and looking out, yeah. you can just see fire and smoke several streets away. But as the explosion hits, all power to your building dies. And you can see outside that all of the electric lamps are down. All of the, the other buildings nearby are are powerless. Immediately, there's a thump on the door and uh, one of the royal guards lets themselves in. And says, uh, we're uh, terribly sorry about this. It would seem that whatever discontent is occurring on the planet today has reached the town. Uh, rest assured, we're perfectly safe here. We have emergency vehicles and security troops already en route. If either of you were involved, we will find out. But in the meantime, please remain here. Um, we have one of these, and he brings in a servo skull. He's like, we have one of these to, to keep some light on for you. But it will also be keeping an eye on you. So no no shady shit, even though the, the power's out, we'll, we'll be watching. Closes the door. And the, the servo skull Eli has, just yells, we're loyal subjects. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they don't respond. <laughs> um, the, this servo skull is basically like an emergency flashlight uh, variant yeah. where um, one eye is very clearly a camera. Uh, and then it's got a variety of... Because, of, I mean, in 40K, they never seem to just put one of anything on on stuff. It's always <laughs> like we need like three or four in various sizes. So kind of a, a big floodlight, almost like those weird reflective doctor 
mirrors oh, yeah. that they mm-hmm. wear on the foreheads, just kind of oh, off man. the side of its head, and then a couple of smaller lights, just sort of hovering around the room, providing vaguely dim light. You can hear sirens in the distance. You can see the drop ships coming in. Uh, but uh, clearly there's a kerfuffle. The good news, Eli, for you is that it's very far away, which is good because you have no weapons here. Okay. And shortly thereafter, uh, the the skull, as you would expect, begins to sort of, cr- the vox on it crackles a bit and a voice comes in saying, sorry about the dramatics there, darlings. I just needed to make sure no one was listening. And I also was having a little bit of difficulty figuring out how to get uh, one of these delightful skulls into your room. So what can I say? I'm... I'm occasionally a bit of a messy bitch, so I just made the, a mess a little ways away to just uh, make sure that power was out not just to this room, but to, well, several blocks. I do believe they will have some difficulty ascertaining exactly who it was intended for, and with all the other civil unrest occurring, my guess is they will just chalk it up to whatever unsavory elements seem insistent on destroying the society as we know it. But your Mr. Clarence uh, was good enough to reach out to me, darling, and I'm glad to see that you're back up and and on your feet. Uh, I must say that uh, this humble reporter is rather curious about what your next steps will be, given that you've seemingly been cut off from most of your friends. And Mr. Clarence had a rather interesting thought. He said that you should help me, and I should help you, and so far I've been of great assistance to you, and yet I'm curious what you can do for me in return, after all. This old lizardman is not a one-way street, but rather a highway. So what can you give me, Captain? Morgan looks over at Eli from that of like, oh, man, you promised this lady stuff. Okay. (laughs) And then looks back at the servo skull. Well, I must say I appreciate greatly all of your help. And I like the way you do business. As you can see, we are both quite messy when we need to be. The skull just nods. You seem to like information and publishing accounts within the society. Unfortunately, we have met a bad end with Van Houten. I did not expect him to take it so personally when I snuck out in the middle of the night, but... You know how people can be. But you see, that does strike me as somewhat odd. Why would Lord Van Houten care that a guest at his estate snuck out late at night? He cared because of who I snuck out to visit. And who was that? I... I think you like a little mystery, but let's just say it was a tryst with a lover of mine. For the record, darling, my readers like mysteries. I prefer information. So a name would be most valuable. Is it someone else in the noble class, perhaps? Is there a scandal brewing? Exactly. There definitely is. And it was good that I snuck out because it thankfully saved my lovely man's life. Can you roll me a deception? (laughs) This is my only play. This is very good. Tom, can we give her like six boosts because he's the most fuckable noble in the whole realm? <laughs> it's so believable that it's someone so would want to have sex right? with him. There, there's a boost floating around from my two advantages. Okay, I'll take Can have one. sex with the oldest man in the youngest body. <laughs> the yeah. youngest old man. Uh, so just so I'm understanding the con correctly, though, I think 
Morgan is saying she snuck out of Van Houten's estate for a tryst with someone else, not into Van Houten's estate for a tryst with Van Houten. You are correct. No, she no, snuck no. out. The, oh, everyone else. I'm my Mr. Boyd boy. saying is who I'm talking uh, about. The youngest oh, yeah. old man. That's what she's saying. Young. Young. Yeah, Boyd's saying. I see. Yeah. I see. She's, I see, she's I see. taking the not, hit for him being out of the house. Ah, I got you. Not the biggest little man. Yep. Yep, sorry, my brain was yeah. playing catch-up because you said the most fuckable noble and immediately Voidstain fell off of my entire brain. <laughs> it's irony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, he's, he's number I, one. Ronnie? Number one with a bullet. Oh. <laughs> I mean, depending on how this plays out, yeah, Valentine might put please. a bullet in him. Okay. Please, I'm so please, fuckable. I need this. I need <laughs> Swipe this. right, please. Okay. All right, so let's go deception. You, you want it, girl. <laughs> I'm going to say, I mean, here's the challenging part, Morgan. You haven't given the name. So without the name, I'm going to say it's difficulty four. Well, I can give Ooh. the name if it makes it better. Liz Elizabeth asked for the name. So if you're willing to give the name, then I'd say it's difficulty of two. It would be lower, but there is some incredulity about. That's fine. I think entire. that's, that's the, then okay. I will, that's I will fine. place so, in before this role of. Yep. Because we are such good, very good friends, I will tell you. Skull moves in close. It is Lord Secretary Voidstein who holds my heart. Really? Him? <laughs> Trust me, I know. Well, oh, wow. I suppose the heart wants what it wants. And honestly, as a long-standing gossip columnist of the society, I have seen stranger pairings in my day. Indeed. So you snuck out to meet Lord Voidstain from right under the nose of Lord Van Houten. Well, this is juicy indeed. Mm. But is it true? Could one truly step away from such a, a deeply attractive person such as uh, Lord Van Houten? Hmm. All right. Let's see that roll. So difficulty two. Okay. <clears throat> Get a boost from, from Clarence. Eli. Clarence. <laughs> Tyler's look at this. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say a boost for the fact that given how wide Lizzo Lizardman's network seems to be, the odds that you and Voidstain were seen together by someone somewhere is very high. Mm-hmm. And we walked through the maze together alone. We did. Yeah, Tiptoe <laughs> through the tulips and such. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Should get a boost for how fun it is to hear her say Trist in that accent? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Oh, shit. Rolling of the R. I'm not made of stone. Uh, okay, Yay. so yeah, you get, you get a boost for that, and I think that's that's probably about it. Okay, I'm just gonna. What we all know that. at home is Atticus is a 40k 10, but a real world six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna roll. I'm scared. Okay, two successes and five advantages. <sighs> hey, Lizzo Lizardman, just kind of hmms in the back of their throat and says, well, that is juicy gossip indeed. And thank you for confirming what some of my sources had already indicated about the closeness of you and Lord Voidstain. That is quite an interesting charge. And yet you did not bring your lover along to the hunt. Were you perhaps afraid that your lover would win and thus fall into the arms of the waiting duke? Or were you perhaps trying to save an overconfident lord from himself morgan is just this is it morgan's putting on a show morgan's like my my body hurts everything hurts so she starts crying oh. i 
I, he was supposed to meet me there. He was supposed to be there. And I don't know what happened, I'm afraid. The Lord may have done the unthinkable. And then there's the people who are vying for his life that burned down his house. I just wish to find out who is behind all of this so that I could save him. But as you can see, I am here in bedridden and I cannot get to him. Eli's picking up on this. Uh, he's going to take, like, <laughs> grab a face cloth from the bathroom and put it around her, like, hot water and, like, run over to her head and, like, wipe her, her like, forehead and her tears. <laughs> oh, thank you, Krellerance. I, I do not mean to fall apart like this. And uh, the, the skull nods and says, well, this is all very interesting indeed. I must say, Captain Varnes, you're full of surprises. As are you, Clarence, I did not expect such tenderness from one so gruff. Truly, this is an evening of surprises, and not just for the employees at the power station I blew up. So, hmm, you seek to discover who is making attempts on Lord Voidstain's life. Tell me, Captain, are you privy to any of his possible heretical leanings. I am led to believe there was quite an exhibit in the basement of his manor before it conveniently burned down. Unfortunately, yes, I have heard of these things, but I I don't believe them. I Indeed. believe he is a good man and loyal to the Imperium, and he wishes only goodness for everyone. But I understand it is hard looking at him. You have to see beneath at the good man's that is underneath that sullen appearance. Oh, trust me, darling, I am not one to put too much weight on appearances. They matter very little to me. The society, however, does seem to value them, which is always good for a lark and perhaps a paper on a slower day. But rest assured, I care very little for the flesh that stretched across bone. So, you seek to discover who is making attempts on his life, and you maintain that he's a good man who wants the best for all involved. Are you not then concerned, darling, that once the Duke, known for his own good heart, meets and sees the Sacreter Voidstain that you seem so very enamored with— that you will have to vie for his affections? After all, only one of you may wed the Duke, or do you perhaps intend for the Duke to meet an unfortunate accident shortly after? I mean no ill will towards the Duke. And Wordstein and I have discussed this. His heart has room for more than one, and hmm. that is fine with me. If the Duke has problems with that, well... I am good at getting myself into places and out of them without being seen, if that's what it takes to procure my love. Interesting. A final question for you, darling, before I can perhaps offer you some assistance that might be very needed in this circumstance you find yourself in. I have found the only way to truly thrive in this society is to write about its foibles, to expose the drama and the secrets beneath this carefully cultivated facade. If you were indeed to assist Lord Voidstain to win the Duke's heart, can you assure me that there won't be too much good done? I wish to see the society continue. It's fine if it changes a little bit here or there, but this particular columnist would be rather bored if everything here was good and complacent. I still need my mess, darling. 
What assurances do I have that you will keep the society roughly as it is? After all, Secretary Voidstein, prior to your arrival, was known for being a bit of a reformist, always talking about how we must improve ourselves and prepare for the future. I see. Well, it is something I don't think you need to worry about too much. After all, human nature is to thrive in chaos and to bring down things which are good. So though he is a good man, the society changes people when they get to the top, does it not? Uh, and for the first time you hear Lizard Lizardman laugh, and it's distorted by the Vox, so it's it's a weird choppy thing. And uh, they say, you are more right than you know. Well, this has been an enlightening conversation, Captain. I thank you. I will put some feelers out and perhaps follow some leads of my own to see if I can find exactly who is trying to take your beloved Sacketeur Voidstain off the map. Based on what I already know, I think perhaps you are not looking for one, but two. At which point the door flies open and a royal guard walks in and says, Hey, uh, I heard some strange conversation. You're getting some some interference? Is this... You know what? Hang on. Let me swap this one out for... Uh... Morgan just starts crying again. It's, oh, I'm in oh. so much pain. Oh. I'm Clarence, help. I'm Shit. Just... Uh, okay. And then the, the guard just rips one of the flashlights off the servo skull and just tosses it to Clarence and says, uh, Sorry, you're going to have to do this. This one's clearly malfunctioning and just drops it under a boot and crushes it. Um, and immediately the lady from the front runs in with a little dustpan, sweeps it up, and he says, uh, I'm so sorry, we're working on getting the power back up, but I want to make sure you're not sending or receiving any messages in here. Look, looks at both of you, but then sees the crime. I'm trying like, to attend to someone who almost died. No, we're not sending messages. We barely have time to keep her conscious. And just like awkward <laughs> scratch behind neck and like, uh, yeah, okay, I can see that. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Close the door. Uh, leaving Morgan and Eli with some answers, some more questions, but at least one ally left on Greybridge. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features the voices of players Brian LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, Laura Hamstra, and Del Borvik, alongside Game Master Tom McGee. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and The Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik, at delborovic.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ad breaks use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. For all things Dum Dums and Dice, including merchandise and how to join our Patreon, you can visit dumdumdice.com or find us on social media at dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Garbo Ape, Locke, 
Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L., Dia De Los Hoodless, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, the Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, Gus Schreider, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, Richard Wright, Brittany Fenwick, Alex Parr, Old Man Mojo, Dragonfly, The Body Barrelers, Megan Werner, A Man Out of Time, Curtis at FingertechRobotics.com, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title. Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom, who wants to read my 5,000 word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kissed? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But this way, I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.